blessing to live in a Christian nation today. Lord is so good, so good to us. Well, I want to get right into preaching today because I've got something I believe is going to help you today. So I want you to take your Bibles this morning and turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter number 4. I'm always excited about preaching, but I'm especially excited if I think that the Lord has really given me something that I believe will be a blessing and a help to you. And I believe that without a shadow of a doubt, this will be a help if you'll apply it to your life today. Philippians chapter 4, in your Bibles, one of the little Pauline epistles there uh, in your New Testament, uh, right after the book of Ephesians, right before the book of Colossians, and uh, right there in between those. And so when you find your place, Philippians chapter 4, if you're able to stand, why don't we stand this morning as we read our scripture today. Philippians chapter 4. And all of these are such great verses. But Philippians chapter 4, we'll begin in verse number 4. And the Bible says there, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Not enough to say it once, going to say it again. He said, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. And you may be seated this morning. And I want to draw your attention to verse number 9. That's our text this morning. And the Bible says those things. And that's what I'm preaching about today just for a few moments. Those things. You say, what are those things? Well, I, I, I hope to tell you what a few of those things are in just a moment. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. And so as you see on the screen this morning, I want to talk to you about those things do. Those things do. And uh, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to preach long. It's 10 minutes. It's 10 minutes till 12 right now. Our normal getting out time is 1230. We hardly ever go over that. And we're not, we're, we're most definitely probably not going to go over that today. Uh, we'll get you out here probably right on time today. But I want you to do this for me just for the next 20 minutes. 25 minutes, I want you to do your best to really concentrate on the message. And I believe it will help you. I believe it will encourage you today. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll jump right into the message this morning. Father, thank you for church. Thank you for Calvary. What a great morning. Thank you for the good music, the choir, the special. Thank you, Lord, for the great congregational singing. And, uh, Lord, blessed be the name. Thank you for your sacrifice for us uh, in your only Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we need you this morning. I need you in a big way, a major way. Lord, I need you. Lord, if I try to get up here and do this in my own flesh, Lord, we're sunk. And, but Lord, not only does this preacher need you, but these people need you. And some of them realize that this morning. There's, a, there's some, and they came today, and, and, and their attitude was, i got to have something from the Lord. But there's a few who don't really know they need you, but I pray that you'll show them that they really do need you. 
And, and Lord, I pray that you'll, you'll teach us from your holy book today. I pray for your power now and your help. We pray you'll save the lost. pray you'll encourage the saved. And, uh, Lord, we pray that Jesus will be magnified. We thank you and we praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake and all God's people said, Amen. Again, verse number 9. The Bible says, Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. I can't remember when God began to speak to my heart about this message. I believe we were in California, and that's been probably a couple months ago, uh, and uh, was just doing some regular devotions and, and came across this verse, and God began to, to uh, speak to my heart about, uh, about verse number 9. And I'll be honest with you, when I first read uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse number 9, I got sort of focused on the latter part of the verse where the Bible says that uh, uh, which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And that's what I really, that captivated my attention for a little while. And I begin to focus in on the, the different ways in which we receive truth and we receive instruction. Uh, and I think what the Bible is teaching here is this, is that we have different avenues of learning or gaining truth. I believe that's what the Bible is talking about. In other words, some things are learned by teaching. Uh, others are learned by experience. I, I'm not going to get off on rabbit trails this morning. I really don't want to. But, but I was thinking about this even during the song service, knowing the direction I was going to go. Some of you young men, it wouldn't hurt you to, to watch some of our good men in the church. It wouldn't hurt you to watch them and watch what they do and do what they do. Just observe and watch. It wouldn't hurt you. To, it wouldn't hurt you for a second to watch, you know, an Alan Hopkins get here early in the morning on Sunday morning, beats his preacher here, and gets here early in the morning and begins to get things opened up and get the buses cranked. And there are others. Brother Wayne comes, Miss Sue comes, and gets the coffee fixed. And all, the, and, and, and all I'm saying is it wouldn't hurt you to, to, to watch some people around our church and watch what they do and then do what they do. You say, you mean you want me to copy them? Absolutely. Amen. Copy, copy, copy. That's exactly, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It wouldn't hurt you young people to watch a Brandon Bridges and just watch how he learns he just, he, he watches and he learns and uh, he picks up on things and he does this. He, he uh, watches, you know, what somebody else may do that works and he does that. And I love that because, man, that's, you know, I'm not very smart, but I can watch and I can, I can copy things and wouldn't hurt you to, you know, wouldn't hurt you to, to watch a Ronald Looney and how uh, Ronald Looney may wave his hand every now and then. And you know what? You ought to try that. You say, preacher, I'd be scared to death. Try it. You might like it. Wouldn't hurt you, young ladies, to watch some of these older ladies in the church. Not old, but more mature than you. And watch how they study a Sunday school lesson or watch how uh, they clean the church or watch how they serve in a ministry and watch them. Watch, this is good right now. And watch them and, and do what they do and copy their lifestyle. You know what? You young people, it wouldn't hurt you to, to look at some other happily married uh, uh, couples in this room and do what they do. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing, preacher. I'm a self-made man. Oh, hogwash. That ain't, that's not worth anything. Quit being so insecure. And uh, you know what, brother? If it works, I'll do it. 
If it works, I'll, amen. If it works, I'll do it. I, we have a, hosp, a hospitality team here. And this week, the tour group was so impressed by our hospitality team. And uh, our hospitality team went over to the hotel, got all the rooms taken care of, got keys in hands, went up to the rooms. We put things in their rooms. Brother uh, Weaver wore his tie Thursday night, and they put snacks in the rooms and all kind of things. And our, our hospitality team met them. I didn't have to go over there. They met them. And, uh, and the hospitality and, and the uh, tour group said, Preacher, Calvary Baptist Church is the only church that does that. Calvary, and you know how many churches they go in? Calvary Baptist Church is the only church that has somebody meet us at the room and has everything waiting for us, and, uh, and we love your hospitality team. Now, I told you that to tell you this, and I told Brother Weaver, I said, I stole it from y'all. I said, I was reading one of Dr. Chapel's books, and he was talking about how they put together what they called a hospitality team at Lancaster, and the hospitality team welcomes people in and cares for people and takes care of people and takes care of visitors and, and all those kind of things, and I thought, hey, that'll work. You say, preacher, you mean to tell me that wasn't an original idea? It wasn't. By the way, it probably wasn't an original idea when Brother Chapel came up with it. But he copied it from somebody, and somebody else copied it from somebody else, and I copied it from him. And by the way, uh, other people are copying things from us, and they are. I was in, listen, I was in Aldi's. I was in Aldi's the other day, and I was checking out in Aldi's. And there's, there was this uh, family behind me, two little girls. And they, you know how little girls do, they're just sort of fluttering around. And, uh, and I just began to notice the little girl had an orange shirt on. And I looked at her shirt, and her shirt had a Reese's peanut butter cup on it. And her shirt said, sweet on Jesus. I said, Where did you get that shirt from? That's not our, wait a minute now, another church copied our idea. You say, does that offend you? Offend me? No, sir, that doesn't offend me. That's a blessing, man. That's wonderful. I, I'm so glad that, that uh, others could, could take things from us and, and maybe use those. Now, I, again, I got to get off this point, but that rabbit was well worth chasing this morning. Man, watch and, and observe. That's one of the ways that we learn is by observation. Let me get back to the message here. We learn by teaching. Uh, some things we learn by experience. Some things are learned by listening. Uh, some things are learned by example. When I went to Hiles Anderson College, one of the first things they told me was this, a lot of what you learn here will be caught, not taught. In other words, you'll see it and you do it and you, and you copy it. Now, I said that to say this, different people learn successfully different ways. And I believe that's what Philippians 4.9 is teaching there. In other words, some people do better by reading a book. By reading a book. Some people are voracious readers. They just read and they can devour a book in one setting. And, and, that's, and, and they do great. Others say, preacher, if, if I read like three pages, I'll start falling asleep. And so reading a book is not necessarily uh, your best way of learning. Others, others learn by listening to a sermon or by putting earbuds in their ear and listening to a podcast. Man, I do that. I try to read. Readers are leaders. Leaders are readers. But I also try to, every week, I try to listen to numerous sermons and messages and, and podcasts and uh, others learn by watching what people do. Now, I said that to say this. Here's, here's what I believe the Bible's teaching. It's not as important how you learn as long as you learn. 
That's what the Bible's saying there in, in, in chapter number nine. Both you've learned and received and heard and seen. In other words, doesn't matter how you get the truth, just get it. Man, just get it. If you come to a Sunday morning service, get truth. If you listen to a podcast, get truth. If you read a book, get truth. If you read your Bible, get truth. Doesn't matter how you get it. It's not as important how you learn. But what the Bible is saying this is this. When you do learn it, do it. When you learn those things, and that's what I want to focus in on, on those first two words of that verse this morning, those things. Paul said, I want you to learn these things. Now, some are going to learn it by receiving. Some are going to learn it by being transmitted to them. Some are going to learn it by, by reading. Some are going to learn it by hearing. Some are going to learn it by example. Some are going to learn it by observation. Paul said, you're going to learn it in different ways. But Paul said, when you learn those things, he said, it's important that you do those things. Now, what are those things that the apostle Paul wants us to learn? Well, Man, I like these. I'm going to give you a few this morning. How about this? Number one, I, first of all, we notice pleasantry. Now, I want you to take your Bibles and look at Philippians chapter 4 again and look at verse number 4. And notice what Paul says. Paul says, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. But Paul said, and the Holy Spirit said, that's not enough, Paul. So let's say it again. And so Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, Rejoice, And I believe what Paul is teaching here is the idea of pleasantry. In other words, it's the idea of living a life that's cheerful. The word rejoice there means be glad. That's what it means. Be glad. Be cheerful. That's what it means. There's no deep meaning behind that. That's what it means. It means to be cheerful. In other words, even when things are not ideal, Paul is saying rejoice. Rejoice, live a pleasant life, even when things are not great. Now you say, preacher, did Paul ever have a time when things were not great? <laughs> yes, he did. In fact, right here when he wrote this book. In fact, when Paul, the, uh, when Paul the apostle wrote the book of Philippians, we call it one of the prison epistles. And the reason it's called a prison epistle is because Paul was in prison when he wrote it. Now, and, and I want you to understand, it wasn't like the Iredo County lockup. Uh, where they had cots to sleep on and beds to sleep on and they had running water and they had, uh, you know, indoor toilet and they had, uh, you know, three square meals a day. No, 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 nothing like that. The jail that Paul was in was probably not a very nice jail. In fact, it was probably what we would call a mamertine jail. It was probably just a hole or a dungeon or a cave. And according to Acts chapter 16, the apostle Paul had been horribly, horribly mistreated. And so Paul, and this Oh, man, this is good, church. Don't miss this. And so Paul comes. He's writing this letter while he's sitting in jail because he's preaching the gospel. And Paul says, rejoice. Now, the world looks at that and the world says, say what? Paul, do you know where you're at? You're in jail. You're not in Hawaii. You're not in Palm Springs. You're in jail. Your back's been beaten. You're in stocks and fetters and chains. And Paul says, man, I want you to rejoice. In fact, if you read the book of Philippians, which is a very easy read, you'll notice in four short chapters, Paul mentions rejoice or joy 14 times. Joy, joy, joy. Rejoice, rejoice, joy. Somebody says, Paul, where are you? I'm in jail. But Paul says, I want you to get this thing of pleasantry. Listen, just accepting life as it is. 
Someone said it like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. Did you know this morning, church, that there are some things that you and I just cannot change? Someone said that life is the art of drawing without an eraser. You better be careful about the choices you make because you can't go back and erase it. You can't go back and claim. Remember when we used to clean the blackboard? They don't have blackboards anymore, I don't think. But uh, when I was a kid, we used to clean the blackboard, you know. Uh, and a lot of times in life, we wish we could go back and erase the blackboard. And we, we wish we could take away all the, all the mistakes and all the problems and all the, the, the bad choices. But life is the art of drawing without an eraser. And sometimes there are things that we cannot change. But listen, this is what Paul is saying. I want you to learn those things. And one of the things I want you to learn is this. Even when things are not going like you think they ought to go and things are not as ideal as you think they ought to be, Paul said, rejoice. <laughs> rejoice. Hey, smile. Be cheerful. And wouldn't it be great if God would give us some people at Calvary Baptist Church today who would say, preacher, by the grace of God, I'm going to live life on the top side. I'm going to be cheerful. I'm going to smile. I'm going to have a kind word. I'm going to have an encouraging spirit. God made you and me to rejoice. That's what I'm talking about this morning. Man, just be pleasant. Everything going great? Mm -mm. Why are you smiling? Because the Bible tells me to. Man, I'm, I'm smiling because the car broke down, but my soul's saved. I'm smiling because the roof's licking, but I'm going to heaven. I'm smiling because, you know, the, the dog got sick, but you know what? I've got a home in heaven. I mean, there's just so much to be thankful for, and I've got good health, and God's been good, and I've got a home, and I've got, I've got a bed to sleep in, and I've got a pillow to lay my head on, and I've got covers to cover up with, and hey, my family's doing good, and I'm saved and born again. I'm just telling you, church, there ought to be a time we come to this point in our life we say, hey, I'm just going to be happy. Yeah. By the way, did you know that's a choice? That's a choice that you make. Uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, Miss Tina, Miss Tina Ayer's mama was in, the, was in the hospital. In fact, she was in ICU down at Baptist Hospital. And Linda had bypass surgery. And then as soon as she had bypass surgery, she had a stroke. And she was in bad shape. I went down one day and I, was, uh, I walked in the room and I thought Linda was asleep. But as I began to look, her eyes were open. TV was going. I walked in the room. She never even acknowledged me. She was having some problems. She was, she was there, but she wasn't there. And so I, uh, I walked around the bed so Linda would see me, and still she didn't acknowledge me. And then I said, and tubes running out and little, you know, strains and all this stuff and oxygen. And I said, hello, Linda. How are you? She just had bypass surgery. She just had a stroke. She's in ICU at Baptist Hospital. I said, hi, Linda, how are you? She said, I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> and, and I thought, now somebody says, preacher, but she was, out of her, she was out of her head. Well, you know what? She may have had some medication and things going on, but you know what I believe? I believe that's just Linda's spirit. 
And her spirit, uh, you know what? Her spirit was just being was just being pleasant. Uh, you've heard me tell the illustration about Brother Howell's uncle. Brother Howell had an uncle. His, his name was Harvey. And he was a wealthy, very wealthy uncle, and but didn't have a whole lot of family to take care of him. And Brother Howell tried to take care of him. And, and Uncle Harvey had a problem, I think, with diabetes, and they were going to have to amputate his uh, his leg. And so uh, anyway, uh, came up to the surgery date, and and uh, they took Uncle Harvey back, and they did the procedure. They amputated his leg, and Brother Howell said, I knew I was going to have to be there. I was going to have to encourage him. He said, here's a man, uh, a wealthy man, but a man that's going to lose his leg. Everything's going to change. He's going to have to learn to be in a wheelchair. He's going to have to learn to possibly use a, a prosthesis or something, something you know. And, uh, and, and so he said, I knew I was going to have to encourage him. He was going to be discouraged. He was going to be down. And so Brother Howell said the, the surgery took place. And when they finally got him back to the recovery room, he said, they called me back. And he said, it went back. And he said, I, I knelt down by the, by the bedside of Uncle Harvey. And I said, Uncle Harvey, how you doing? How you doing? And he said, the first thing that Uncle Harvey said was this. He said, Jack, Jack, come close. Brother Howell said he got down there close to his uncle. And he said, Uncle Harvey said this, Jack. He said, I just figured out the greatest cure for an ingrown toenail that's ever been. <laughs> and what's your point? My point is, here's a man who just lost his leg. But he said, you know what? I'm going to be pleasant. I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be happy. And man, wouldn't it be great if we could get that thing today and start practicing that uh, in our personal life. But I got I to gotta go on because I got some other good things I want to give you. Not only, not only this thing of, of pleasantry, but number two is the word patience. This is that one we never like the preacher to preach on. Patience. Would you look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 5? The Bible says, and Paul is speaking here, and he says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Let your moderation be known. That word moderation means, it means mild. It means gentle. Look it up. It means patient. Let your patience be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. In other words, when the Bible says to let your moderation be known, it means this. When the world is falling apart, they notice that Christians are not. That's what that means, moderation. Uh, listen, Exodus 14, you don't have to go there. Exodus 14, the Israelites are between the, the Red Sea and the Egyptian army. And they can see the dust in the horizon. And here comes Pharaoh. And here comes his chariots and his horsemen and his soldiers. And here they come to take the Israelites back to Egypt. They can't go this way because of the Red Sea. They can't go this way because of the Egyptian army. And you read the story in Exodus chapter 14. Literally, they are all to pieces. But Moses is not. In the midst of all the turmoil, all the stress, you know what Moses says? Stand still. We're going to die. Moses said, stand still. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. When others are screaming, going to the den of lions, Daniel is not. When others are fighting those, throwing them into the fiery furnace, the three Hebrew children are not. When the disciples are fretting over a storm and water coming into the boat, Jesus is not. In fact, the Bible says he's asleep on a pillow. 
When other men are thrashing and fighting, going to the cross, Jesus is not. In fact, the Bible says in Isaiah 53, 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Moderation means this. When things are seemingly falling apart, you're patient with the Lord to reveal his plan. I don't know that you'll hear a more important message than what I'm preaching to you this morning. You say, preacher, everything's great now. Wonderful. But by tomorrow this time, everything can fall apart. So are you ready? Are you ready for those hard times, for those trials? Moderation means when things are seemingly fall apart, you are patient with the Lord to reveal his plan. In other words, you don't allow bitterness and resentment and anger to come in. No, we don't go to church anymore. Thank you. I'm sorry. Uh, can I ask what happened? Yeah, I'll tell you what happened. Your God was supposed to be so good and my baby died. That's what happened. And so we haven't been back. You say your God is so great and my, my spouse passed away. You say your God is so great and I lost my job and, uh, and I won't be back. Wait a minute now. But patience and moderation is saying, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing and I don't understand why you're doing it and it don't make a lick of sense to me, but I know that your ways are higher than my ways and your thoughts are not my thoughts. And, and Lord, I understand that I'm not gonna always figure you out and, and I don't understand why you've done it. I don't even like it, to be honest with you. But Lord, I'm willing to be patient. Why you show, oh yes, this is good preaching this morning, amen. That's right. You know what I'm really excited about? We saw this exhibited at Calvary Baptist Church. We've seen this happen. I, I, you pray for Miss Kathy, Miss Kathy's brother. You pray for, for Jack. They took him to the hospital this morning, I understand. And you pray for Jack. Miss Kathy, you mind if I use you as a personal illustration? Miss Kathy prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Preacher, pray. Preacher, pray. Sunday school class, pray, pray, pray. Pray that God will heal Melvin. Pray that God will heal Melvin. Pray that God will heal Melvin. And we did. We prayed and prayed and prayed. But Melvin passed. Now, I don't, I don't understand that. To me, it seems like it'd be better if he were here with her. And so I don't understand why that had to happen, but... Maybe this is the reason. Because when we saw Melvin pass, we saw Sister Kathy let her moderation be known. And she walked back into the church and she had that same mild, gentle, patient spirit. Oh, she may not always be like that at home. There may be some times at home where she says, Lord, I don't understand. Lord, it don't make any sense. But all the times I've talked to Sister Kathy, she said, Preacher, I, I, I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling, and I'm sure she is, but yet we see, a, we see a patience that says, I don't understand why God done this, but Lord, I'm gonna wait, and I'm gonna trust you to reveal your plan. We saw this uh, played out in Calvary Baptist Church. We saw it sometime back when, when Tanya Jarvis got sick. And Stacy said, preacher, pray, 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 pray. Sunday school class, pray, 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 pray. Church, pray, pray. We brought Sister Tanya up here and anointed her with oil. We prayed and asked God to work. And I don't understand. 
You say, preacher, explain it. I can't explain it all. But I know this, we... We were there the Sunday afternoon in the hospital as that, uh, that ICU uh, hallway was packed and jammed with people and we were there that day. Miss Tanya passed. We were there that day when Stacy came out and his heart was broken and he ran down the hallway weeping. Y'all remember? We were also here, that was on a Sunday afternoon. We were also here on a Sunday night, same day, same day, 6 o'clock, Sunday night service. Stacy Jarvis walked in. I said, Stacy, what are you doing here? He says, church time. He just, just lost his wife just, just hours ago. We watched that night as the choir got ready to sing. And, what? And Stacy Jarvis came up and got in the choir and sang in the choir that night. Now, what is that? That's moderation. That's letting your moderation be known. Lord, I don't understand. It don't make any sense. I prayed. You didn't answer. I fasted. For some reason, you didn't answer. I had the church pray. For some reason, you didn't answer. You didn't take care of that. You went another direction, but Lord, I, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me, but yet, you're God, and I'm man. You're supernatural, and I'm mortal, and God, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to praise you, and I'm going to go ahead and rejoice anyway. Oh, man, this is good preaching this morning. I'm telling you, man, let me tell you something, Brother Paul said. You need to learn some things. And one of the things you need to learn is you need to learn how to live a pleasant life. And then he said you need to learn how to have patience. we got to bring this thing good night to, to a close. How about this, number three? Number three, Paul talks about prayer. Philippians 4, 6, the Bible says, be careful for nothing. Don't be filled with anxiety. That's what the Bible's talking about. But in everything by what? By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I'm going to talk about prayer tonight. I'm going to talk about prayer tonight. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to get, stop here. But Paul is saying this. Be sure you learn to pray about everything. Big and small. Man, just pray about everything. Pray about everything. Paul said, learn that. And when you learn that thing, he said, do that thing. Let me, let me close. Let me bring this thing to a close. The last thing I believe that Paul is talking about is what I'm going to call pondering. Now, I want you to look at Philippians chapter 4, and don't turn me off because this is so important this morning. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. Here Paul is, and everything's going against him. He's in, a, he's in jail. He's in prison. But in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8, Paul challenges the church, and he says, Finally, brethren, he said, I, I'm almost done, but not quite because I, I need to say one more thing. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of, of, of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. How many know, church, that many times we're consumed with changing everything around us? We want to change our wife? Good luck. When you figure out how to do it, come tell me. <laughs> Won't change our husband. Good luck there too. <laughs> He's probably more stubborn than she is. 
We want to change our, our children. We want to change our affliction. We want to change our circumstances. And here, here's, here's, the, here's the rugged truth. At times, it's impossible for us to change. Did you know sometimes there's people you can't change? And there's circumstances that you can't change. But I'll tell you what you can change. You can change your mind. You can change your mind. Adrian Rogers just this week said this, God speaks to our minds. This is why there's such a battle for the mind. Satan wants to mess up your mind. So God can't speak to your mind. Uh, let's get some Bible in on that. 2 Corinthians 3.14, but their minds were blinded. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. In other words, what Paul is saying, I'm done, but don't miss this, church. You know what Paul is saying here in Philippians chapter 4, church? Whatever you do, guard your mind. Guard your mind. Guard your mind. Paul said it's not as important how you get that truth, but when you get that truth, he said, do it, man. If you get it by learning it, if you get it by reading about it, if you get it by observation, if you get it by experience, he said it doesn't matter how you get it, but when you get it, he said, do it. Guard your mind. And folks, may I say, and young people, may I say to this morning, guard your mind. Guard your mind. I'm reading a book right now. And the author in this book compared our mind to a computer. How many of you have, how many of you have a computer or you've had access to a computer? Quite a few of you. All right, now I don't know what you've got. I've got a Mac. Some of you got, you know, some other kind of computers. There are some other kind, aren't there? And, uh, but anyway, but on a Mac... You have what's called the spinning wheel. And when you first get that computer, it's lightning fast. Man, you can Google something, whoosh, it comes up. But after a while, after you add this and put this app on there and put this program on there and put this on there and you surf the web and do all these things, all of a sudden you start clicking on things and that little, that little spinning wheel comes up. And sometimes that computer gets slow. You know why it gets slow? Listen to this. You know why it gets slow? Because you've got so much unnecessary things on that computer. It makes the computer sluggish. And it makes the computer unproductive. The mind is the same way. And this author said this, that we have to learn how to start hitting the delete button. Man, just start learning how to hit the delete, button, uh, the delete button and deleting thoughts that should not clutter our minds. Young men, when a lustful thought enters your mind, hit the delete button. Don't install it. Don't allow it to come in. Don't toss it around. Think about it. Entertain. Uh, well, I know I shouldn't be thinking about it. That's right. You shouldn't. Hit the delete button. 
As soon as that lustful thought comes in your mind, delete it. I mean, instantaneously delete it. As soon as that thought comes in your mind about somebody else, somebody in the church, somebody in your family, uh, that you, you and you, you, you think, why well, I shouldn't be thinking thoughts like that. I shouldn't be thinking critical thoughts like that. You're right. Hit the delete button. Uh, when those negative thoughts, those negative thoughts come in your mind, you think, oh, this is never going to work out. Wait a minute now. I shouldn't be thinking that. My Bible says all things are possible through him. My Bible says I can do all things. By the way, Philippians chapter 4, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And, and the devil comes and said, ain't going to work, ain't going to work, ain't going to work. Your life's going to fall apart. It's not going to work out. You know what you ought to do? Brother, don't let that get in your mind. Hit the delete button. Hit the delete button. Guard your mind. Guard your thoughts when that proud thought comes, in your, comes your way. And that thought says, boy, aren't you something? Boy, you're something. I mean, man. I mean, you're about the handsomest guy I've ever seen. I mean, and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're thinking, yeah, you know what? I really am. I mean, I, I mean, wow, you know. Or I'm the most beautiful woman I've ever seen or I'm the smartest kid in my class and those proud thoughts begin to fill your, your, your mind and pride begins to come in. You know what? You ought not let that come in. Just hit the delete button. Now, what are you saying? It's not as important how you learn these things. You may learn them through preaching. You may learn them through watching somebody else. You may learn it through observation. You may learn it through hearing, listening to a podcast, listening to a message, reading a book. Paul said it's not as important how you learn it, but it is important that when you learn it, that you do it. So I want to ask you a question. Are you pleasant? Are, okay, how, how about like this? When you walk into the room, does it brighten or does it darken? Tomorrow when you walk into the office, does the office go, so-and-so's here? Or is it, oh, no. I was hoping he wouldn't show up today. If you're a born-again child of God, amen. If you're a born-again child of God, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, when you walk in, where you walk in, the room ought to brighten. No, they may not agree with you on everything, but the room ought to brighten because you're pleasant. You're pleasant. How about that patience? God's allowed something to come into your life. And the devil, come, the devil came and the devil said, that's not right. God's not fair. That's not right. You don't deserve that. And you started thinking about that. Wait a minute now. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. He said, you know what, Paul, I won't take it from you, but I'll give you the grace to bear it. My grace is sufficient. When you're weak, I'm strong. I'm strong. How about prayer? Are you praying about everything? How about ponder? What kind of thoughts are you allowing in your mind? Guard your mind. Guard your mind. Father, thank you so much for this time we've had together this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to learn those things. Now, I'm sure there are many other things that we need to learn. But those are a few that Paul seemed to point out in Philippians chapter 4. Help us to learn those things. Father, that when 
the whole world is falling apart around us, we're in control. When others are getting angry and bitter, mad because of things that are happening in their life, we're patient. When others are allowing terrible things to infiltrate their minds, we're guarding our pondering. Father, I pray that you'll bless in this invitation. I pray you'll speak to hearts. I believe, Lord, I believe you're working. I don't know what the invitation will be like, but I believe you're working. I pray that you're blessed. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Can I just ask this real quickly? I wonder if there, I wonder, first of all, how many are here today? And you'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know for sure that I would go to heaven. I know that I'm saved and I would go to heaven. And if that's you, you slip your hand up right now. I know that I'm saved. I know I'm born again. Hallelujah. You can lower your hands. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I wonder if there might be one here today anywhere, and you'd say, Preacher, if I died today, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. I want you to pray for me. And you'd slip your hand up. Let me pray for you right now. Can I do that? Can I pray for you? And right now, you'd raise your hand. Is there one anywhere? You'd raise your hand right now. Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Would you pray? Would you pray for me? All right. Christian, are you a pleasant person? You say, preacher, things are, things are going terrible right now. Are you pleasant? Are you patient? Are you pondering? Let's all stand this morning, if you will. Please, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. The pianist will play, and the altar is wide open this morning. And if you need to come, now's a great time. That's right. Folks are moving. Folks are coming. Folks are coming. How about you? How about you? How about you? Man, all over the house. If God spoke to your heart, why don't you come? Why don't you come? Preacher, I never thought our life would take this, this route. I never thought this would happen. I understand. But we're still supposed to rejoice. We still have to be patient. We still have to trust that my Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow him. Folks are coming. Folks are coming. How about you? If you need to come, the altar's open. Would you come? Would you come?